evening. Father in heaven, we thank you. Every need is met in this place according to your glorious riches by Christ Jesus our Lord and our Savior. We thank you for this time that we have before you. Teach us your ways Lord. Teach us your word. Bless us with knowledge, understanding and power. In Jesus name. Amen and praise God. So we're going to talk about the God of all comfort and uh, <clears throat> give you an understanding of how God operates in times where we need comfort and I tell you we need it every day because uh, earth is not our home you all know that we're we're citizens of heaven uh, we're just visiting here we're ambassadors here we have a lot of functions in this earth but this earth is not our abode it's not our home uh, we are more comfortable with life in the spirit and that's because we have a born again spirit that is connected to heaven and the spirit of Christ actually dwells within us and so just like earth is not Jesus's home it's not ours either and so we have a lot of antagonism uh, against the will of God, the word of God, the Holy Spirit. All of the things that we pursue, there is a resistance against that being established. And so uh, imagine if you would a, a foreign nation coming to a country and uh, planning a takeover. That's just what we're doing as believers down here on earth. We plan to take over what really belongs to God. Uh, Satan is the God of this world but he is on a limited lease. In fact his lease is up. You got me? And he's he's already been disinherited from every place he's ever been in. You ever know anybody just get evicted from there? They can't keep a place to that's him. See, he can't keep a place to live. That's why he's into into uh, the minds of homeless people. You know, uh, driving them to to not get along with people when they get in a place, even if people treat them well, sometimes they find a way to fight with them or, or not have peaceful relationships with people. And it's because he's been terribly disinherited. And so he knows he has a short time to do what he wants to do but he fights to hold on to what he has stolen from God so he's really a a thief and a liar the father of lies he's got a lot of stolen property that God wants back and so that's the job of the church to redeem and and gather up what's been stolen by the enemy uh, from God and to return it back to the Father's care. And that includes us as well. And so God wants us to stay <coughs> with him but he knows we need a lot of help. One of the ways he helps is through his comfort. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, I'll start in verse 3. Uh, I'm going to read the King James, which I read from most of the time. But I did have another translation I'll read to you, give you a more updated understanding of what we're talking about. He says, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies. The father of mercies. So your father created all of the mercy that's ever been released and ever will be released in the world. He creates the mercy. Which means that he never runs out. If you could make something would you ever run out of it? That's why the Bible says his mercy endures forever. 
Amen. So he's the God and creator of all mercies and the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our tribulation. He comforts us in all our tribulation. So he is there available for us to comfort us in all of our tribulation. That we may be able to comfort them which are in trouble with the same comfort that he bestowed upon us. So you get the impression here that this comfort is a traveling thing. It's a hard to hold on to thing. You can't keep it to yourself. See the comfort of God once you've received it. It will begin to emanate from you. Because God wants us stored in vessels down here. So he can call it up when somebody else needs. You got me? Sometimes the comfort of God does come through other people to us. But oftentimes it will come head on through our relationship with God. Through our reading the word. Through our time with the Lord. Through our meditations. Through our conversations with God. It's good to have many conversations with him. Some of the best writing that we appreciate from people came because they had conversations with God. Look at the New Testament. Paul had many conversations with God. And so he came out with a revelation and answers for us for the church from God. And part of our comfort is having this book of instruction here. So that we can know what God expects of us and know what we have available to us in time of trouble and in good times. And so God wants us to, to comfort others. By the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds by Christ. So as much trouble as you get in the word, in the world, there's that much more comfort coming from God. See, evil can never be stronger than good. Wickedness can never outdo holiness. And so when we look at it that way, the Bible also says where sin abounds, grace much more more abounds. There's an opportunity for you to receive from God in an unmerited way. It just is bestowed upon you. And so he says whether we are afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation. Which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings which we also suffer. Whether we be comforted is for your consolation and salvation. So whatever we go through is for the benefit first of all for us and for others. So you get an understanding that comfort is a part of love. A part of the ministry of love. When God says to love one another that means that we we should be quick to share the comfort. We should be able to identify with the person. Person when they're going through not to wonder what they did wrong listen you know come on now we're grown up now we know better than that we know better you know it's it's one thing to to get somebody out of trouble but it's another to counsel them after they get out so they don't make the same mistake but when you come with comfort that has nothing to do with pointing the finger or blaming anybody amen Comfort is just that. You know, if you were rescuing a drowning person, you don't go up to them with the life raft and say, Well, how'd you get into this mess? What you, <laughs> what you doing down here? You just rescue them. 
he says in verse 7 he says our hope of you is steadfast knowing that as you are partakers of the sufferings so shall you be of the consolation so if you you're not suffering in vain you're not out there by yourself you're not being thrown to the dogs you're not being cast aside when you have difficulty God is working something in you that will take you through life and that will be a blessing to somebody else as well. So um, I have this message Bible. I'm going to read you how they translate it. Uh, let me see. It says all praise to the God and Father of our Master Jesus the Messiah, Father of all mercy, God of all healing counsel. So he calls comfort healing counsel. He comes alongside us when we go through hard times and before you know it he brings us along someone else who is going through hard times so that we can be there for that person just as God was there for us. We have plenty of hard times from coming come from following the Messiah, but no more so than the good times of his healing comfort. We get a full measure of that also. So God is not there to harm us, punish us, or anything like that. He is he knows that trouble is coming for us and it has to come, but then there's a purpose to it as well. You see what I'm saying? God can make good of whatever we go through. He says also when we suffer for Jesus, it works out for your healing and salvation. If we're treated well, given a helping hand and encouraging word, that also works to your benefit. In other words, he works everything together for our mutual good. See, for the good of the person that's going through it and the person that's coming along that will be a recipient of it. And trust me, somebody will come along with the same affliction you have, the same problem you have, the same issue you have. And God expects you to be there to minister to them. Sometimes that's why we run into people. You know, when when you've been sick and you get healed... The compassion of God has made a deposit in you. So you're able to have compassion for those people. Now I would say mix that compassion with the knowledge of God's healing power. So that it's effective to heal them just like you have been healed. But the compassion of God will at least give them hope and give them encouragement. See if you don't have an anointing to heal the sick you have a mouth and hands that you can pray for them. And you can come into agreement with them so that God can heal them and and you can pass that comfort on. So in looking up the word comfort I found that it has a, a wide variety of definitions. One of the ways that it's it's interpreted is to exhort somebody. Exhortation is a part of God's comfort. And see when we think of comfort we think of somebody there to hold your hand. You know and and pet you up and go get you something warm to drink and and leave you in bad shape is what usually happens as a result of that. But an, an exhorter is someone who stirs you up to accomplish something. So the comfort of God recognizes where you are can even uh empathize with where you are but also will raise you up to the place that you need to be and that's something that we need to understand about God he is not so much for leaving us in the position you are because you need consoling because you've been taken out of the game some kind of way 
You've been given dealt a blow that's knocked you out of the running. And so God's comfort will not only meet you where you are, pray you into a place where you have hope, but it also will stir you up to keep going. You know, if you're not stirred up, you're not it, the job isn't complete yet. So you can you can run into 10 different people with 10 different abilities to speak to your situation but if you go to the one that God leads you to you'll be able to get the whole job done and so exhortation is very very important in comforting it really is that that word really is um, uh, a shadow of the uh, uh, Olympic uh, runners aid that was there when they would get you know how they have the the thing where the people now uh, you see these marathons everybody sitting on the sidelines with a uh, ice bucket with some water in it so that's what God means by comfort they not only recognize you're thirsty but they meet that thirst and they pep you up and throw the water on you and tell you keep running you know don't, don't sit down here beside me and think we're going to have a little cocktail let's get, get up and keep get to getting amen so that that comforter really wants to get you across the finish line see he doesn't want you to stop and tell you oh you've done enough now you know you uh, you, you know I know you're tired and you know you got to have a rest and all that but while you're resting uh, stir yourself up in God you know take some time out to spend it with the Lord get your head cleared allow yourself to get uh, understanding of where you are and talk to God about your situation but also when you come out be prepared and outfitted and strengthened for the rest of the race you're not out of the race see you were out before but now you want to get back in you want to keep going and so the comfort of God always stirs us up to accomplish what it is that we have had set out to do before before the difficulty interrupted it before the challenge came before the the trouble came in before the unknown hit us there are some things that that just come upon us we don't know how they come we don't know uh, where they come from you know we know the devil's in there but you know some things you just have to endure until they're they're done you can't rebuke everything and bind everything and I wish you could and have it move immediately and don't think I don't go there first you know I always go there first because if it if it's the devil you want him out of the way but if it's God uh, getting you to understand how to trust him putting a deposit of comfort on the inside of you whatever he's trying to accomplish in that that we must endure but we've got to stay encouraged in the endurance now it's not God's will that you be discouraged in your endurance he wants you hopeful he wants you encouraged and that's the part of his comfort he wants us to get to know another definition for comfort is entreat e-n-t-r-e-a-t it means to go the extra mile to reach somebody got me go the extra mile to reach somebody say for instance if you're you it is a parent you have a child that just won't do what you tell them to do you know rebellious so you lay down the law you know you can't come in here at this time of night I won't put up with it I'm not having it and you know slam the door well you do that 
five or six times and they still repeat you got to go a little extra you understand what I'm saying and he'll take them aside and say son I don't know what's gotten into you but I love you and I want you to do well and that's the reason I put down the law see that's entreaty where they go a little further you know you reveal part of your heart and make yourself vulnerable sometimes parents are hard on kids because they're just like them you know you know when you were junior's age you didn't want to stay home either and so you you know that that you grew out of it you came to understand why you had to keep normal hours and why you had to have a curfew and all of that and so that comfort that you have from understanding now it's time for you to shed that out on junior because he's not getting it just with the do's and the don'ts and so we have to see that there is a measure that comfort will take us that goes beyond just general interest in somebody's problem you know sometimes people are called to reach people and and some people aren't Uh, I know I was talking to Pastor Shirley once and she was very concerned about somebody and and I wasn't moved you know I'll just be honest with you it just really was not my job to do that it was hers and see because she was sensing that there was a need there and she had the answers I said well why don't you speak to the person because I believe God's telling you to to do that and so you have to realize also what's your job where you fit in see if you haven't been there and been comforted that way you're not the best candidate to step in and and try to uh, deal with that individual if there's nobody else to do it though you you need to pray and ask God for an answer but oftentimes the person that perceives that need and feels strongly about it is the one who's carrying the comfort for that situation and can bring that person uh, to a place of settling and wholeness that's where God wants us to, to be comfort really means to be peaceful and to be settled in something not confused undecided torn not knowing where to go you have to be peaceful and settled about something some things <clears throat> we can be comforted in and be peaceful in but still be stirred in another area you know you understand what I'm saying you have to keep the fire stoked so to speak uh, for instance if you if you are, are in school and you know you got four years to graduate uh, you can be comforted and settled in just the classes you're taking now but you still are stirring yourself up I know I got to get out of here in you know another three years so you set that as a goal as well even though you're settled right here this is not as far as it goes you still got to keep that vision out there and be stirred up toward that and know you'll get to the end of that vision to, to comfort also means to invite or to encourage a person out into the open kind of coax them out into the open sometimes people feel embarrassed about where they're at sometimes they don't know what to do and so a comforter is one who will invite them and encourage them to be open about what they're going through oftentimes we find that when things are still in darkness they're bigger than what 
what they are. Light always brings a a kind of a resolution of things. You know, you look at the Bible says that when the devil's exposed, people are going to pass by and say, "Is that the thing that caused all the trouble? That you know caused fear in all the nations and everything?" Well, see now he's operating in darkness now, and he seems bigger than what he is. But when he's exposed for what he really is, people are going to marvel that something that looks like that could have done so much damage to the earth. And so it's good to encourage people out into the open with their difficulties and their struggles. You know, just and when I say encourage, I mean don't don't be judgmental, uh, don't be critical and condemning on them, but also you know you have to give them truth as well. And so a comforter knows how to encourage person out into the open for for to express what it is that they're concerned about to comfort also means to call near or embrace to put your arm around somebody's shoulder that's a comforter you know as somebody that's uh, that can embrace you and your faults and your struggles and your shortcomings and what you don't like about yourself uh, that's that's very very important in understanding the comfort of God um, I was looking at um, uh, our the one t-shirt the military t-shirt we have out there for the ministry and we took that picture that was just a picture that really touched everybody here yeah, Shannon has it on that picture really touched everybody's hearts because we we prayed for the military since the 9-11 um, uh, 2001 and and so whenever we would get a confirmation of one of our prayers we just you know grabbed onto it kept it and everything and so we saw this group of soldiers um, praying and you know how many times people will in church the churchy thing is to hold hands you know we were all familiar with that but what the way they did it they were in a circle and they embraced one another they put their arms around one another's shoulders and to me that was more of a show of strength and camaraderie and in identification with one another uh, that they were embracing them in a real way and not just a token you know touching somebody's hand something like that but just a real embrace of comfort and support to that person standing next to them and so part of that definition of comfort means to embrace somebody uh, warts and all um, you know some people feel like they're not worthy to be embraced or they they don't like being embraced they don't like being close that kind of thing well God knows how to embrace everybody and he knows how to draw everybody near and sometimes it's a time for letting go of differences and just embracing one another's similarities you know because we need each other we need each other's experiences we need each other's uh, empowerments because if if you have come successfully through difficulty then God has put that deposit of comfort on the inside of you and you know how to comfort other people sometimes when you're around people you'll you'll sense a welling up of the holy spirit on the inside of you wanting to reach that person and so that's a good sign that that you're the one that god wants to um and always be considerate of the other individual you know uh, this world is not ours as individuals but we share this world with everybody 
And if we have in mind to make people understand they are valuable and they're important, then we'll be able to um, share the comfort of God. So you can see then, when you begin to comfort others, you can see the purpose. Look back and see the purpose for the difficulty you had in your life. Uh, You can see some good come out of it. And not everybody can say that. Um, You know, some people have to create good out of their troubles you know what I'm saying and we live in an age like that and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it but God doesn't create you don't have to create say for instance some of the people that have had children murdered and they're angry and frustrated and they don't know how to go on and so they'll create a foundation or something like that in the name of that person as, as a way to kind of do something with that that they've been through. Well in God we don't have to do that. We don't do that. We God draws us to people. He put that comfort in us for a reason. And he releases it out of us at the proper time to the proper person under the proper circumstances. It's stored in us already difficulties that you go through I mean if you're an honest person you know and this is this is what it takes it takes a a humble honest person to be able to share that I, I started out in the ministry by giving my testimony you know and and five years of mental illness when I I first started out in God I wasn't saved at the time but but I know for a fact some things about God's comfort when you're mentally ill and and I'll I'll give my testimony and then maybe a year later somebody will write me or something and I, I was there when you gave your testimony and I was battling with so and so and such and such and and they were comforted by the by the preaching and sharing but so much more had they been able to come up and get prayer for that you see what I'm saying there was a, an invitation there for them to go a little bit farther and so there are times when people don't want to make known what their struggle is or what their trouble is you know every somehow you get in the church and all of a sudden we're all supposed to be perfect and we pretend we play that game with each other you know like we all got it all together and just because I'm up in the pulpit it's all good you know it's never a trouble here or there and and so and, and even sitting on a pew we have that you know uh, kind of self-righteousness that you know it means there's something wrong with us if we've got tribulation when the Bible says you're going to get your share I'm going to get my share we all got, we all got some shares coming up of trouble in life you know where can you go that you don't have it even more so as a child of God because you got the world against you you got the devil against you you got sinners against you you got religious church folk against you you got all kinds of things against you when you're serving God so we have to make sure that we stay humble to this ministry of of comfort in God Um, one of the definitions for comfort is to invoke or to call upon or call out or search out so God when he needs you to minister comfort to somebody will call you up to do that he'll search you out to do that he'll make you um uh able to share that with people he'll he'll make you a, the type of a person that seems genuine in the way you share it he'll bring that out of you so he'll call up the comfort that he needs for a specific situation and if you carry it then you get called up to do that
Comfort, part of comfort is also sharing the gospel. That is a big part of it. When we tell somebody about Jesus, that's the greatest comfort you can ever give anybody. Is that assurance of eternal life and assurance that their sins are forgiven. That God sent me here but he's not sending me here to tell you any bad news. I'm here to tell you the good news. And so when we understand that that comfort is in us, uh, then we we can share that with people. I think one of the, the biggest robberies of um of uh, say from the the church now is this accusation that we put against one another because homosexuals aren't being told they're okay in their sin you see and i uh, saw recently there was a one minister that refuses to even answer questions he said this isn't the way god called me to share his truth he said so i'm going to pass on that question i said that's the best response i've heard yet because the gospel isn't picking somebody apart for what they believe see when you share the gospel you have a platform built by god that's been there for centuries you see and you step upon that same platform of the apostles and the prophets and the early church and you declare the good news of Jesus Christ to those who want to hear it but people who want to keep this nitpicky controversy going are robbing the sinner of the comfort of God because all it's doing it's backfiring on the people that really really need it because now they've told the homosexual unless we tell him he's okay in his sin then we're not we're not that's not what needs to be done for them we need to encourage them down the wrong road and so Christians are going to have to get smart and quit this picking your brain and trying to get you to indict yourself mentality that people have we're, we're not to engage in that kind of stuff the other uh, definition of comfort is to give and so you see the foundation of comfort is love and it's 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 laced with mercy so you have a cocktail of exhortation entreaty comfort calling near embracing calling upon invoking calling up the good things of God and then giving it out to people and so God gives it freely to us he expects us to give freely to others. So <clears throat> what First Peter 1.3 describes our God as the father of mercies. The father of all mercies. First Peter 1.3 Blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again into a lively hope by the resurrection of Christ for the dead. So our God is abundant in mercy because he creates new mercies for us every morning the bible says that it's because of his mercy that we're not consumed it's not our obedience and it's not our goodness and it's not our faith it's because of his mercies and it says his compassions never fail you mean God is more than able to give us the right comfort at the right time and it's going to be right and it will carry us through absolutely. So when God is the God, when we serve the God of all comfort and we allow his comfort to come into our lives and into our hearts it's more than adequate for what we need. It will be all sufficient for what we need. It's never lacking in its amount. It's never lacking in anything.
And so God created mercy and he's abundant in mercies. He's able to produce more mercy for us when we think we don't deserve it or we don't have mercy coming. It comes out of nowhere. And God will always entreat us or draw us to himself through his mercy. He, he is, is not quick to anger, be angry with us. To rebuke us, to try and throw us out or make us feel disconnected. But he is always drawing us to himself because that's where our answer is. Your answer for what you need is not on the outside of God's mercy. It's not on the outside of his grace. It's on the inside of these things. And so in order for us to be helped and for or in order for us to come out of whatever it is that's troubling us and come out of trouble, he has to go in there with us and bring mercy into the picture so that we can know that he is there for us. He, we can know that he wants our good and not our bad. He's not the punisher. He's there to help us and, and to um, bring us through. So we, he is abundant in mercy. He is also long suffering. The Bible says he's not willing that anybody perish. When we say perish, we mean suffer loss of any kind. He doesn't want you to suffer loss of your possessions, loss of your uh, comfort and freedom, loss of your loved ones or your friends or anything like that. He wants us to keep all of those things intact. And his abundant mercy is able to pull us through and get us to understand he is for us, not against us. Sometimes you'll have those days or there's those periods of time where you, you know, you get in self-pity and nothing's going right. Nobody loves you and uh, it's all wrong and it's, you know, oh boy, you know, God, and you know, where are you, God? And then you, he tries to show up and you turn your back on him and you say it's him <laughs> and it's you. And we live in this this bubble of nonsense and then all of a sudden we'll we get sick of it and we really start to talk to God and sure enough he begins to respond to us he begins to reassure us he begins to let us know that uh, this is not something you're not going to come through you're not going to be defeated here you're you're going to come through this uh, standing on your own two feet with more to spare you're going to come through it with your health intact your finances intact everything that I promised you I intend to give it to you uh, I'm not going to shortchange you and that may not all be said but when you come through it with his comfort you have a knowing on the inside of you that it's all good you know and nothing that was something you put yourself through for nothing you disconnected from him uh, because you got frustrated with something or you upset about something but that's not the end of the story in God you understand me it's never the end of the story he wants to fully establish us and restore what has been stolen from us see when when those things happen the devil stolen fellowship he's stolen peace and comfort he's stolen our future because it begins to look bleak and it begins to look dark and when God comes in with his mercy and his comfort he like throws that bottle of water in your face and says hey come on now wake up we were we were doing something the last time last time I talked to you for real we were on our way to conquer the world weren't we (laughs) this was going to be our seed 
season. You know, it's going to be our time. It's going to be our, come on now, let's get back on the job. So you've sat out long enough feeling sorry for yourself. You need to feel sorry for the devil because when I get a hold of him, we're really going to give him a thrashing. So one of the ways you get back at the enemy is go out and spread the comfort around to somebody else. Let somebody else partake of that goodness of God. Interrupt the devil's pity party with somebody. With the comfort of God. So he is long suffering. He's not willing that anything that he gives us perish. He doesn't want us to be separated from any good thing that he's put in our life. And he's not quick to pull the plug on us. And withdraw support. We do that. We let the devil talk us out of God's best. And we begin to pull the plug on what we really, really want in life. We we tell ourselves we can't have it because. And then you go through life not not really enjoying it because there's always that little missing thing there, isn't it? What I could have had, what I should have done, what I maybe would have had I had confidence in God to plow through some of the resistance. He can even comfort us in that, you know. It's like, hey, you know, what did you what did you accomplish in life? You can list all of the things that you did in God that were successful and well that one little small thing that you missed, it that's not so big after all, is it? Huh? And then you talk to several other people and there's small things everybody misses somewhere. They talk a good game, but they're missing a few missing a few notches on their belt, if you know what I mean. <clears throat> God knows our weaknesses and our pains and our sorrows. He is a high priest. You have to understand that about Jesus. He is our great high priest. One of the qualifications of a priest is that he is taken from among men. So he's flesh and blood just like me and you. And he's able to relate to us and actually feel like we feel. He knows what it's like to be, I mean he suffered everything. Some of the stuff he went through we'd never have to face. And so he suffered in a high level for us that he would be able to know. He's acquainted with our sufferings. And he's able to comfort us in all ways. Bible says he's been touched in all points. Just like we are, he's been tempted in all points but without sin. So if you if you fall into sin or you you give in to a temptation, you don't know what it's like to resist it to death. We know what it's like to fall in and get forgiven. But we don't know what it's like, but he does. So his suffering is stronger than ours. I don't care what you say. It's stronger than ours. Because many times we know we shouldn't do certain things. Or we know you should do certain things. You put them off. You put them off. And you finally get up and do them. You're forgiven for for not being on time with things. But Jesus resisted everything and never sinned. He did everything according to the Father's will. He walked miles to get to a meeting and, and you know he could draw from supernatural sustenance because he was comforted by the Father God. But he knew people weren't going to want the supernatural. 
you tell them 5,000 people in the desert that they happy meal ain't coming you're going to have a riot on your hands now Jesus never said he was going to be famished on the walk back he knew what he could do but he saw them other sheeps is out there and he said they'll never make it so I better sit down and feed people you understand me and so he he's tempted beyond what any human being has ever suffered so we need to understand that so when he comes to minister to us he has more than abundance in comfort more than abundance in mercy more he doesn't withhold he gives because if you've passed the test and you know what it's like you know when somebody who's coming along has a good shot of making it through and you encourage them through got me and so priests have the same feelings as those they minister to that's a requirement through misfortune that causes pain is sometimes our greatest ministry you know we don't like it but it is true Oftentimes our misfortunes that cause us so much pain release the greatest ministry in us. Um, I was reading, just saw a little Facebook uh, clip of this woman, a uh, woman of God that I've, I've seen in ministry out nowhere personally. Her name is Carol Kent and some of you may know who she is. She's got a little fiery red hair. She's maybe like in her 50s now. Uh, but she writes She's an author and she's a speaker and she does your typical Christian women's conferences if I can say it that way where there's the feel good message and the happy thoughts and the nothing wrong with it but that ain't where I live you know and the people I deal with they don't live there either I don't know who goes to the meetings but it's obviously somebody that loves God's got time on their hands and money to spend to go to a conference but anyway hey we all got to have our our thing in God until something happens that puts you on the other side see of mercy and she had a son that that married a woman the woman had a couple of children and he wound up murdering her estranged husband the sadness of it is that he met her in church and they were Christians the husband had been a drug addict and he had just gotten saved his husband was uh, his the estranged husband's dad or the ex-husband's dad was a devout Christian and had prayed for his boy to be saved for many many years and he gets saved and and wants to get back involved with his children's life and the ex-wife starts accusing him of molesting the girls and you know the story it's the same old story it's a manipulation thing uh, he winds up tracking this man down and shooting him in the back in front of a lot of witnesses and in the state of Florida that's the that's uh, no possibility of parole it's life with no parole and yeah it could be but he was spared and so that's where she's at you see she goes from being a very comfortable Christian writer and author teaching on you know just an everyday relationship with God and now she's got to dig you see and so she talks about seeking comfort from God you know and mercy for her son and acceptance finally that you know he this may be where he spends his days and um, she was talking about the time that she was she's talking about how how things have changed for her and how God has 
shown her how he loves people that she never knew existed pretty much they weren't a part of her world and she said that she had gone to visit her son in prison and she was in she just couldn't take it anymore she was in the visitor's room and there's you know rough people chaos and baby mama daddy drama and all that kind of stuff and she said she was just so overwhelmed she got up and went to the bathroom and on her way in there was another woman coming out and they looked at each other and she looked at the woman and the woman looked at her she said honey just give me a hug she said I can't take it anymore myself you understand what I'm saying so the comfort of God is deposited in people for a reason somebody who knows God has relationship with God understands God needs to have something poured into them for the people that don't have it those visits down there now will be times where she can comfort people that just don't have a way into God you got me we never know where our path is going to take us in God you just never know I'm not saying God caused all that to happen you know things like that happen to people all the time happen to Christians it's not his plan for us but you know he can make everything work together for our good and this is the way he does it he steals the devil's joy he steals the devil's prey by bringing his comfort and his power into these situations where they just people would never be touched they need a touch but there's nobody reaching out to God there so he has to put that in somebody and send them into the situation and and trust that when they're in the situation they'll act appropriately she said you know usually if 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 I'm in in ministry she said if somebody tells me their problem I'll just pray with them and shake their hand and move on she said but this time I just couldn't stand it anymore and she said you know she just broke down and and she's finding a different purpose totally it's beyond just giving her testimony and selling her books about her son and that tragedy but it's actually worked into something that she has received from God that she knows she can give to other people and so it's made her feel more useful it's made her more real as a person and 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 that's what God wants he wants us to to uh to experience life as real people but with God's help and with God's leadership God's comfort and his guidance but know that God's comfort is there for all of us at all times man so we we have to know that and know what it's there for God can show mercy to the most hardened sinners he can and we're not to be afraid or to hold back when we have an opportunity to minister to somebody or to help them or to show them the love of God it's God's goodness that leads men to repentance it's not often or always the severity of God there are some people that difficulty can bring them to their knees but in that being brought to their knees God has to show up as a good God to pull them in you wouldn't want to serve God a God that's mean and wants to kill you and doesn't think you're worth anything so that that mercy and that comfort has to come in there to give us a sense of value that God values us that we are important to him uh, that we are um, worth saving Uh, never doubt your value don't doubt anybody else's value and the comfort of God comes to us 
to reestablish our value in God. It has to be that way. Uh, you can't live a life, a successful life, thinking less of yourself every time you got into trouble. See, if you, you get into trouble and you don't know what it's about, you don't know how to get out and all that kind of stuff, you start trying to find your own way and you'll always come up with the wrong conclusion. But God's comfort comes in there to lead us to the right conclusion that he loves us and we're valuable. We're precious to him. He's invested a lot in us. He wants to invest more and he wants to see that investment reach out to other people so they can be ministered to. So when we reach out to others it's in an effort to pass on the same comfort that we've received. Uh, you can't ever claim that as your own. Don't get it twisted, folks. We just It's all being obedient to the Spirit of God. It's all following the leading of the Holy Spirit. And so if there's something deposited in us, it's being called up by God to minister to people. So we don't own that. It wasn't our idea to go out and save a soul or whatever. It was, it was on God's agenda for that day. So this comfort is seeking a place to be deposited. It's almost like a a radar, you know, you'll sometimes if you go into a supermarket, you'll zero in on you know kind of like a homing pigeon zeroing in on uh, someone that God wants you to speak to or somebody that God wants you to talk to. When you go out witnessing, we go door to door, we go out to some of the public areas. That radar is on. If you'll follow it, the Holy Spirit is leading you to somebody and he's giving you the words. Now don't let yourself get led and then you start making up stuff of your own. You know, we do that. We get God'll open the door and then we step in, you know, instead of letting him step through with us, we push him back and we just go in and take over. Uh, but that comfort is is and see it's comforting to people when you can can talk to a person and they haven't been in church in years and you can ask them what made you leave the church see that's entreating and not a lot of people do that when people go out to witness they find out somebody doesn't like church that shuts the whole show down you got me well if you ever change your mind here's our address you got me but don't be afraid to entreat people and ask them you mind if I ask what happened why did you you know I run into people who say that sometimes and I'm just wondering what it was in your case and you know just let them talk sometimes if they find that you're open to hear them that's a comfort in itself and you're not defensive and making excuses you know that wasn't your church so you don't need to make excuses for them you don't know if what, what they said is true or not you know but you want them to know that God still has his eye on you he knows you left and he knows why you left and he wants you to invite you back he he loves you and church will teach you a lot of things that will help you with a lot in life you can even share with them what it's taught you you know and so these things are very very important and that's comforting folks that's the comfort of God it it not only 
allows the person to identify with you and you identify with them in their situation but also it gives them a vision of something better of a better day and that's the nice thing about the comfort of God and it's a true vision it's not just a happy thought you know if we could just if we just be somebody else we could have this no God has good plans for you and you can tell people that with a certainty because you know the word and you know that it's true and so we can we can uh understand people's suffering and and it's good to understand that God is there to sustain us through our suffering got me he's there right with us through our difficulties he hasn't abandoned us like Job thought remember all his carrying on and whining and ranting and raving I wish I'd never been born it'd be better for me if I'd never come on the earth and all of this and and then when he really came back into himself he started to hear the voice of God again one thing you'll be happy to talk to God when enough crazy people have told you their spin on your situation Uh, you get enough crazy saints that want to come up to you and tell you what they believe is going on in your life is why you are like you are and so you'll be very happy to receive comfort from the Lord and then in Job's case God was the only person that had the answer for him some situations will take a sit down between you and God you can get encouraged to seek God. You can be drawn to God. You can even get some encouraging answers through the comfort of others. But some things will require you to have a sit down with God. So know that people, because they are people and their experiences are limited, they can only do a limited amount of what we need. They can't do the whole picture so we need God because he never leaves us and he never forsakes us he is always there for us it doesn't (coughs) our problems are never over his head they never overwhelm God so it's good to know you have a source for it and there is an answer somewhere and God is, is able willing and ready to give us these answers his need to get our full attention so you can take comfort in the fact that God is abundantly able to help us God will go any place to assist us he will meet us anywhere that we are he's available I remember when I um, when I first found the Lord I was still depressed and one of my fears was was going to a mental hospital and so when I wound up there at least that fear was gone you know what I'm saying (laughs) it's one way to look at it but then I found out that God went there with me so that you know that fear of because was totally gone because I had him there with me and I found out he ain't scared of crazy people see he'll live with pretty much anybody he'll straighten you out so you better company for other people but he can live with you for a while you understand me and so when friends don't like to go to hospitals God does if you're in the hospital and nobody comes to visit you God will be there with you when friends don't like going to funerals God does he'll show up there when they don't like going to prisons God does he'll go there with you so he's our constant comfort see you, you, you've got to, we've got to look beyond people folks 
uh, that's not that's a form of 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 idolatry in a way you always want somebody to do something for you God is there sometimes standing on the sidelines can do a better job can direct you to the proper place where you can get permanent help that kind of thing so our our job is to recognize his comfort recognize when he's speaking to us and and respond to that you know, uh, begin to engage God. Say, yes, Lord, I, I'm going to do that, God. I, I see that where I'm at now is not the place you want me to be. It's not a good place for me. I don't want to be where I'm at. But I'm here. But I recognize that you're here with me and that you're you're here to take on my pains. You're here to take on my troubles. You're here for me to cast my cares upon you so I can know you care for me. And see, when we're going through difficult times, the biggest question, you know, we may not ask it up front, but it's looming in there somewhere. And that is, is there anybody here who cares for me? Is there anybody who cares what I'm going through? Is there anybody, do I make a difference to somebody? See, And so God in his comfort will come in and so uh, enrobe us in his mercy and so enrobe us in his encouragement and and you know he'll let us open up even more and talk to him even more you know you'll find yourself going on and on talking to God you know it's like he never snoozes on you you know you know sometimes you know if you I'll text Pastor Shirley at night and then I don't get a text for two hours and I know she (laughs) or same thing with me and at eight o'clock in the morning I'll see a text where'd you go I went to sleep you know pretending like we somebody went to sleep on somebody but God never does that he's he'll always listen he'll always be engaged you'll feel that he's there you'll feel his presence You'll feel that he's responding to you. Uh, he wants you to continue in the word. He wants you to believe him for everything. And he doesn't want you to settle for second best. He wants you to have 100% his best all the time. Amen. And that that's in anything. You know, some things are harder than others but God always wants the best for us wouldn't you want the best for your children if you could afford great things for your kids you'd give them to them anytime so we can uh, call for comfort as many times as we need we call for that you you ask God God I'm I'm down here in a hard place and I'm you know pretty soon you've revealed how you really feel about things you know God I've been upset and I've been trying to pretend like I'm feeling good about this but I'm not I want to be in a different spot than I am but I'm not there yet you got to show me how to get to the place I need to be I'm not satisfied where I am all that kind of stuff we can talk to him because he put it in our hearts to desire better things see it's he put whatever it is that's frustrating you that it's not done yet or you don't have it yet or that prayer hasn't been answered yet he put that there for you to hope for and so you need to know that he understands your frustration about it he understands your anger about it but he still plans for you to receive what he has for you so all he needs to do is comfort you and get you in a better place of hope and expectation so that your faith will work again 
And faith works by love. And if you're bogged down and frustrated and you're not pleased with where you are and that's as far as you can get, you need his comfort. You know, you need him to come alongside of you and give you that little pep talk and, and get you to understand, you know, when when there's a hard place and it seems unmerciful. See, he's there with you. If people have treated you bad and not really come through for you and, and it's happened repeatedly, you know, he, he's there for you. You just need to he wants to embrace us and, and stir us up and encourage us to receive what he has for us. So I remember when we started this ministry I I can remember uh vividly uh the Lord was speaking to me about a studying war and and I had told him I said well Lord I don't care what I do for you you know be careful when you say that because he'll give you whatever to do you know what I'm saying it's ministry has been uh, um, um, a good ride but sometimes it's been it stretched me caused me to grow and uh, allowed me to to come into contact with all kinds of people and all kinds of situations and uh, so I when I took up the ministry of prayer and and, um, he said that he wanted this done because he couldn't get many people to study war and so he said people don't like war Uh, he doesn't under uh, I mean they don't understand that this war is a spiritual war and it's won already he said people don't like to fight the right enemy I have a church of people that fight one another consistently but they don't turn the weapons on the right direction and so forth and so on And, and he began to show me some things I went through some experiences with you know actually having to wrestle with the enemy over certain things that were needed in my life and certain things needed for the ministry and so forth and so on and so I was talking to the Lord I said you really want me to do this I mean really this (laughs) you know I I knew people that had Bible studies for years and never had the experiences I had you know I had witches that come to the Bible study and and, you know sit there and want the room to be dark because they would start to manifest if we you know let some light in the room and you know all this kind of stuff and so I'm thinking come on God now and I'll never forget I saw a picture of uh, at that time uh, my husband and I would when we would go on vacation we'd go to the islands all the time you know tropics and where nobody knew you and you know <laughs> you could lay in the sand all day and get you know as black as you could get and all that kind of stuff and parched and looking rough and you know sand in your hair and don't care and all that but, and I remember I used to, to wear a, um, a gauze it was a kind of like an off-white gauze caftan over my swimsuit and so I was standing on the beach in that caftan and somebody came beside me and put their arm around my shoulder and I knew it wasn't my husband you know because I knew what he looked like so (laughs) this dude was different (laughs) it was very different and it felt like a brother but I didn't have a brother and so I can remember standing there and that person I saw this and the person kept talking to me and telling me something and I would look shocked and then he would tell me something else and I'd start laughing about it and I said really and we'd laugh and you know and so forth and that was the Lord way the Lord felt about the ministry and he said don't ever be afraid of what I called you to do he said I can make this fun for you 
You know, and I can remember him saying, now you're going to get to the place where you can do this, that, and that to the devil, and won't that be a blast? And we say, ah, yuck, 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 and have a good yucking up time about it. And so that was how he helped me to accept the ministry and be comfortable in it, not be squirrely and crazy and seeing devils everywhere, you know, just get a good firm outline of what we're to do from the word and stick with that. But there would be times where he would make it fun for us, you know, where we would, you know, and part of that was the way we do our ministry. We go on trips, everybody lives on the road and from the least to the greatest of them, everybody goes and has that experience and it's good for everybody. And so I felt what he did there and and he also comforted me in something that had been um, a kind of a, not really a painful thing it wasn't painful anymore but it was something that the enemy had stolen and, and we did have an older brother that was born uh, he was still born in fact he was alive when he was born and died shortly thereafter uh, because of a, um, a segregated hospital my mom was taken to and she wasn't allowed to go into labor there and they put off her labor and when they got her to the other hospital the baby was dead and so we had an older brother but never got to know him and that was always a little painful I know my mom never talked about it neither did my father but when they would it was because we kids asked them about it and so that was always something that and I always wanted an older brother you know especially when you get to school and kids want to beat you up and you know who you got ain't Dewey so we we make ain't Dewey's beat everybody up but sure would have been nice to have an older brother that you could call on for those kinds of things and so and it seemed that after that I knew Jesus as my brother as an older brother who would look out for me in that way and that kind of healed up something I, I can't really explain it but it brought me to a higher level of um, not missing loved ones who are gone um, as much you know and, and knowing that there's a peace there for you there's a completion there for you somewhere that you can can identify with and that will be a comfort to you so these things are important folks and, and, and don't ever leave God's comfort for the sake of human comfort you know because it will never last and it will never be what you want you need that deposit from God so that he can equip you to comfort somebody else because there are a lot of people out here hurting and we're the answer they say we're not but we are amen father we thank you for your word and for giving us understanding of how you do comfort us we thank you Lord for comforting us in such a way that it can never be taken away from us thank you that your comfort completes us and it makes us everything we need to be and we thank you for that Lord in Jesus name amen praise God if anybody needs prayer come on up I'll pray for you